Hello, this is Sean Dixon, and I'm here with Brian Patterson and John Gonzalez. We are each returned mission presidents for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and this is the Preach My Gospel Mission Prep Podcast. We are here to help prepare you to become successful Preach My Gospel missionaries and lifelong disciples of Jesus Christ. In each episode, we explore powerful concepts from every chapter in Preach My Gospel. We will talk to return missionaries and others about their experiences and insights. You can even use this podcast to get institute credit. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. What a great day to be engaged in, in the work of salvation and to, to talk about how we can help gather more of our Heavenly Father's children unto Him. And I don't know if there's a, a better topic to talk about than, than finding people to teach. Today, we're going to be focused in on chapter 9 of Preach My Gospel, which asks the question, how do I find people to teach? And there's a great statement there, the beginning of Preach My Gospel, that says, nothing happens in missionary work until you find someone to teach. So we could, all of these other things that we've been talking about with regard to teaching lessons and, and everything else, it, it, it's not even relevant until you actually have a person that's willing to, to sit down and, and listen. And so this is one of the, I think, most important missionary attitudes and skills to be developed. And I think it is an attitude. I think finding is something that just has to consume everything you do as a missionary and everything you're doing, you ought to stop and say, how can we find someone to teach? Whether it's when I'm in the house of a member or whether I'm doing my laundry or grocery <laughs> shopping, uh, whether I'm teaching a lesson uh, or whether I'm at church, everything we're doing how can I be finding someone in this activity, in this moment to teach? And until you're in the mission, this is really a theoretical type of a discussion. In other words, yes, we have to find, and that's wonderful. And depending on where you're at, that might really scare you. Or sure, give it to me, you know, I'll, I'll find the world. But, but until you arrive in the mission, this won't really hit, and the principles to apply won't really hit until you're either in California or in Thailand or in Africa, depending on where, wherever you're called, it will apply based on your mission. Yeah. So I think it's really important to understand the principles so that when you do arrive to your mission, you can apply those principles and, and find great success. And, and how you find people may, may vary from mission to mission, but the need to find and the urgency to find will be a constant. Yeah, and, and anytime we do anything to gather anyone on either side of the veil is considered the work of salvation. And so finding people to teach right now uh, is a big part of your life. You know, you're not a full-time missionary yet, maybe. But these principles can be applied right now in a unique context as a member missionary. So, so we hope that during this episode, you don't turn off your brains and say, I'll worry about this when I'm a full-time missionary, but understand the principles now, get them in your heart and begin to have a, a, a mindset that I am always on the lookout for somebody that, that needs the gospel of Jesus Christ. And how can I go about inviting and helping them to receive the gospel. And indeed, we all should be thinking of that today. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of a call to repentance for me. Uh, as I go about my daily activities, even though I'm living here in Utah, I should be thinking, who else 
can I try to bring unto Christ? How can I help gather? How can I help the Lord gather his sheep? And the guiding principles today seem to be love, share, and invite. And uh, that, that's something that we can all do with those that uh, we, we live with, we work with, we go to school with. We can all love, share, and invite and learn to grow in those principles. And, and I would also underline in normal and natural ways because I think we've all seen unnatural <laughs> and things less than normal ways to, to share the gospel. <laughs> yeah, screaming across the street to somebody, right, and things like that. So let's, let's start off uh, with, let's talk about the attitude of finding, or maybe we could call it the, the finding mindset. There's a lot of skills that we could apply but I think until, until a missionary has this mindset of, I just, I see all of these people walking down the street or these people I mingle with at school as Heavenly Father's children who are lost and who need to be reunited with Him. And so I just have this urgent desire to, to share the gospel, right? Elder Holland said this, and if you can just picture Elder Holland's voice here, he said, Brethren, and obviously referring to sisters as well, the spirit of the work is urgency, and we must imbue our missionaries and members with the spirit of now, N-O-W. We are not just talking of natural, slow growth. We must move more rapidly. We must take things up a notch. If we have to call down miracles or angels, then call them down. The drama is unfolding, and we must do whatever it takes to ratchet up the work. I feel an incredible burden of urgency. I feel such a sense of urgency in my chest, I can hardly breathe. Every dispensation begins with the vision. We must have a vision. We must believe in miracles. We must believe and build on what our forefathers have done. We are just going to putter along, be average, until we wind up to the level when our heart is up in our throat. And if we opened our eyes, we would expect to see angels. If this is God's work and if, he is st- and if he still lives, then the miracles and angels are still there. We must live up to our potential. God will bless us with whatever we need. God wants us to just see what he sees and know what he knows. He wants us to ratchet up the vision. God is easy to please and hard to satisfy. This is not convenient, easy work. We have got to take things to the edge. We have to move into the realm of the miraculous. We have to live in such a way that we cannot do it alone anymore. Where we will resort to the Lord, where we will cry, without thy help, I will fall. Help me fly. Go to the edge where miracles happen. Move into the realm of the miraculous. Welcome to the apostolic work. That was Elder Holland at a mission leadership seminar in Paris, France in 1995. I just love that idea of... Just imbue all of us with this spirit of now, with, with urgency. There's so much work to be done. And if we work with that kind of urgency, I just find that we see opportunities everywhere, right? Help me understand if there's this urgency and I'll run out of the house. Now what do I do? <laughs> I've got this urgency, but I have no clue what to do. I think what, what helps feed that urgency is to believe, to actually believe that God is active in this work, that God is preparing people to receive the gospel. I have to believe that in my own life. I have to believe that in my area as a missionary, that 
that in this area, God is actively involved in in preparing the hearts of people. Uh, Elder Holland spoke of angels. I love this in Alma 13, 24. For behold, angels are declaring it unto many at this time in our land, and this for the purpose of preparing the hearts of the children of men to receive his word at the time of his coming in his glory. So I have to believe that. I have to believe that God is actively involved. And as I go out as a missionary, there really are people that will be receptive to, to the message. And the Lord the knows who they are. Yeah. If I'm praying with faith and trying to tap into the Holy Ghost, the Lord will lead me to those people who are prepared. And I love in Doctrine and Covenants section 42, starting with verse 6, it says, And ye shall go forth in the power of my Spirit, preaching my gospel two by two in my name, lifting up your voices as with a sound of trump, declaring my word like unto angels of God. And ye shall go forth baptizing with water, saying, Repent ye, repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Right there so far, it sounds like our missionary purpose. Yeah. And he's talking to us, the missionary. And then he says in verse 8, And from this place ye shall go forth into the regions westward. And, and I like to kind of adapt that, and in this place ye shall leave your apartment and go forth. And inasmuch as ye shall find them that will receive you, ye shall build up my church in every region. And so the Lord is telling me that he's already prepared people to receive us. Our role now is to find them. The Lord has already prepared them, and they're ready. And there will be many that are not prepared who will reject you. Yeah, that, That's a given. And, and the hard part is they don't wear name tags. They're not easily identifiable. <laughs> we're not very good judges of who will and who won't accept the gospel. And so we're looking for those that will receive it, those that will respond. I don't, I don't waste a lot of time on people who want to bash or who want to you know, be angry at the missionaries. That, uh, those aren't the people I'm looking for. I'm looking for those who will receive the message, who, who will let God prevail in their lives. And as you mentioned, Brian, as a missionary, if I can develop the faith to recognize this is the Lord's work and I'm on his mission, then all I have to do is go out and, and fulfill my purpose and the Lord will bring his sheep to me. Eventually, one of these lost sheep that's ready will be put in front of our path. If we're, if we're out there looking enough, these people will come in Doctrine and Covenants section 29, verse 7. It says, And ye are called to bring to pass the gathering of mine elect. For mine elect hear my voice and harden not their hearts. And there will be people that aren't ready that will harden their hearts, but every once in a while as you go, all of a sudden you will stumble upon or better said, be led by the Spirit to one of these people who are prepared to receive you. And there's nothing quite as joyful as finding someone who's a seeker and who's ready to hear. In Preach My Gospel, at the very beginning on page 159, it has a consider this question, how do I increase my faith to find people to teach? So how do I increase that faith? Yeah. I'm listening 
to you. <laughs> and yes, I'm going to run out. I have faith. But how do I, how do I build that faith? Underscoring what you're saying, I don't know if I'm giving the answer yet, but talking about the importance of it, listen to what Elder Anderson says about the flame of faith. He says, this flame of faith pushes a missionary to be uncompromising in searching out the elect that I just described. It makes a missionary very humble, prayerful, responsive, and dependent. It is a flame that gives a missionary confidence that through his or her prayers, faith, obedience, and diligence, he or she can pull down the powers of heaven to help. So I think we need to establish this flame of faith is probably the most important factor in finding, more important than any skill that you'll, you'll use. Being driven by this flame of faith is the most important thing. So John, you keep asking the question, okay, okay, <laughs> how do we develop the flame of faith that will, will drive us to, to find I think this has to be a spiritual exercise. Uh, I, I, we oftentimes talk about how how teaching by the Spirit is it's really essential to the work. But Preach My Gospel on page 160 reminds us that finding by the Spirit is as important as teaching by the Spirit. And, and there are some strategies. There, there are some effective ways to find when a missionary begins to to understand the, the principle of finding and how to find effectively. To me, that feeds my faith. I, when, I, when I begin to understand how to find people to teach, I'm more eager to get out and, 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 and employ some of these important principles and preach my gospel is really good at teaching key principles of how to find people to teach. And so faith grows as I feed it. And I think by being in Preach My Gospel Chapter 9, understanding how to find effectively, I think that feeds my faith. What are your thoughts, John? Well, I think exactly what you've mentioned, not to give up. You could be assigned to an area where it's very difficult to find people who want to talk to you, who are resistant. Or you could be assigned to an area where they're coming to you out of the streets. They're, they're, they're approaching you. Regardless of wherever you're assigned, there will be those times where you just, this is not working. And as I think of a flame, I think of keeping it burning. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that uh, will destroy that is for me to blow the flame out and walk away. I have to keep that flame burning. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then rejoice in those moments when you find that individual who will come unto you and just, uh, just you know, make all the difference. I had a, an interesting experience when I was early in my time as a mission president. Just in the very beginning, I realized I'm telling all these trying to train all these missionaries how to be finders, and I thought to myself, I have to be a finder. I have to to be out everywhere I go finding people. And so, one day I I left the house. I was with an, another missionary, and uh, we had a prayer. And we just prayed and asked Heavenly Father to lead us that day to somebody who was ready for the gospel, to give us the courage to be able to speak to them when we found them. And then we both went our separate ways, and I went to the mission office. And as I was about to the mission office, I got this desire to get my hair cut. I'm just like, I want to get my hair cut. And so I didn't know where there was a place to get my hair cut yet because I was new. And I pulled into this kind of strip mall because I saw a barber being advertised. I got out of my car. 
I go up to the door and it turns out it was a Monday and it was, it was closed. And so as I was approaching it, I hear this voice from right behind me. And this person said, Oh, just so you know, uh, places closed on Mondays. And I turned around and there's this young man. I'm Oh, thank you. I, I didn't realize that. And he's like, but I do know one place that's open. And he described to me um, where I could go to find a place to get my haircut. And just being in haircut mode, I wasn't in missionary mode at the moment. I was in haircut mode. I'm like, hey, thank you so much. And uh, I'll, I'll go find it now. I get in my car and I drive away. I'm about halfway to that destination. And I just felt this rebuke from the Spirit. And the thought that came into my mind was, I thought you prayed for the opportunity to speak to somebody who was ready. And I just was like overwhelmed with, what did I just do? That, that, that person approached me. And so I turned the car around and I drove it back to that parking lot, scanning all over for this young man. And I found him. He was walking on the far edge of the parking lot. I drove up to him. I got out of the car. I know this isn't natural or normal at all, John. <laughs> but I got out and I, I just went up to him. And he's like, oh, hey, did you find your, your haircut place? And I'm like, I got to tell you, <laughs> like, I just want to be really honest with you. And I pulled off my name tag and I just handed it to him. I'm, and I said, do you, you ever heard of this church before? He's like, oh, Jesus Christ. That's what stood out to him. He's like, no, I haven't really heard about it. Are, are you a missionary? What, who are you? You know? And I said, well, I am. I'm a missionary. And I prayed this morning that God would lead me to somebody that needed to hear my message. And as I drove away today, I felt like you were the one, and I totally ignored that. And, and I'm just wondering what your, your thoughts are about Jesus Christ. And we got into this amazing conversation. He said, it's my birthday today, and I, I drove all the way across town on a bus to get here, and, and my friend didn't show up. My dad passed away last week, and I just am, I'm just rock bottom right now. And we started talking about the Savior and his grace, started to, to cry. Um, and it was, it was such a neat experience. And he said, I, don't, I never cry. What am I crying? Like you're a complete stranger, you know? And I said, Hey, that's the, the, the Lord sent me to you today and he loves you. And I said, I have actually a birthday gift that I could give you. And I said, on the other end of the bus, when you get back home, I could have two young people waiting for you to share with you the gospel of Jesus Christ. How would that be for your birthday? And he's like, that would be, that would be great. And uh, anyway, he went on his way. He hugged me. We were two complete strangers, weeping and hugging. And as I got back in my car, I just, I felt this, this thought, like if I pray for an opportunity to share the gospel, I better be looking for that opportunity. It's not just this pray and then don't think about it again. And I checked the box that I, I prayed, but it's, it's that I am going about my day with the missionary mindset. And when I have done that, there has never been a shortage of people that I could share the gospel with. You and know? It, it's experiences like that, Sean, that help build the faith in other individuals to say, I want that same experience. I can have that same experience and and the lord it's his work yeah and and i just love hearing of that experience and as a principle for all the listeners uh the lord is behind this work and if you will just put yourself 
in the path to have these experiences and have that faith that you will have them, then you will have a marvelous opportunity in finding those that the Lord has prepared to teach. And can you think of a more awkward approach, taking off my tag and putting it in their face? At the end of the day, it really didn't matter about my approach. It just mattered about me being in a place where I could where the Lord could do his work and use me as his instrument. And I don't necessarily think that's not normal. It was a little unnormal that you swung around <laughs> and came back, but that's not, that's not unusual per se because you had a feeling and you went. When, when I'm saying not natural and finding, the experience of sitting in a car with two missionaries <laughs> in my car and pulling up to a stoplight, and these two missionaries jump out, <laughs> And, and I'm shocked, and I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking, what is going on, you know? And they're at the car next to us, knocking on the window as the person rolls the window, what? And they're going to invite, or, and I go, that's not normal. And when they got into the car, I go, what was that all about? Well, we were taught that we're supposed to be bold. I don't think your mission leader meant that. <laughs> right. So let's capture this principle as it's taught and preached my gospel and or talk with everyone. As you move swiftly to get your hair cut, as you mentioned, Sean, to planned activities, pray for the ability to see unplanned opportunities to serve and teach those who may be perishing, as it says, in unbelief. Pray for the spiritual sensitivity to recognize opportunities. You will find that God will place in your path his children who are being prepared to receive the restored gospel. Now, it goes on to say how it's natural and somewhat, well, it's natural to be somewhat apprehensive about talking to people. But we pray for the faith to be able to open our mouths and and to to be bold and put ourselves in those situations. When the principle says to talk to everyone, I, I don't think the Lord meant to go up and in their face talk to them about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and and share the message right there. Talking to everyone would be, hello, how are you? I like your tie. Nice weather, isn't it? Talking to everyone, and then when someone wants to engage, that's when you have the opportunity to share. Yeah. And and so it's normal to be pleasant. You're in a grocery line and you're just having a, a normal conversation with someone being pleasant. They oftentimes will be the ones that will bring it up. So what do you do? They see that tag and yes. they're like, who, what are you? Who are you? And when you are asked, that is the perfect opportunity. Surprised that you would ask. <laughs> Let me share what I do, what we do. Well, and in that initial conversation, you're able to listen, observe, and then discern which message they need. If you just go right up to them and share the message you think they need, you may get something that doesn't really apply to them. But after a little conversation and you know they start talking about their little kids and the love they have for their family, you now have an angle that could meet their need. You can discern from the Spirit what your approach should be. So I, I like that, taking some time to, to, to move into that conversation naturally. And I love the, the concept of, of seeing unplanned opportunities to serve. Uh, that, that provides very natural opportunities. Uh, two of our missionaries were, 
were moving down the street and, and, and a wonderful Persian woman was in her yard doing yard work. And of course, here's an unplanned opportunity. They, they were on their way to do something to fulfill their plan. And here's a woman out in her yard. Well, certainly two missionaries can offer to help. And, and she was kind, but, but, but said, oh, I, I, this is kind of what I do. And this is how I spend my time. And so I think I'm good. And, and, and they, they just talked to her and got to know her and, and they sensed, uh, she sensed their warmth and their, 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 their kindness. And so she goes, well, there, there is something you could help me with. Uh, I, I've never been able to hook up my DVD player to my television. Uh, uh, and of course, this is in their world, right? They know how to do this, and so they offered to help. And and as they're setting up her, her connecting her DVD player to her TV, of course, they explained who they were and why they were there. And and one of the missionaries said, "So have you have you ever uh, met with the missionaries?" And she walked into her back bedroom, and she came back out, and she had a a thick stack of pass along cards. <laughs> that over the years, many missionaries opening their mouths, being kind, looking for opportunities to serve, had met this sweet woman. And for whatever reason, I don't know, uh, she was prepared on that day to accept the missionary lessons and to be taught by the missionaries. And so seeing those unplanned opportunities, having your eyes to see, uh, provide many opportunities to teach. Well, maybe this is an episode where we just share different experiences. <laughs> Our son was serving his mission and uh, was walking, and he and his companion saw a moving, uh, not a moving truck, but he and his companion saw a, a U-Haul and this activity of somebody moving boxes into the U-Haul. And when they got there, basically it was a mother and her three, four small children and the mother's parents. And my son found out that her husband was deployed in the military and they had to move. The, this family had to move. And so they were in the process of loading things and, and getting prepared to move. And so our son and his companion offered to help. And the woman was very kind. No, that's okay. We, we can handle it. No, no, we, we're okay. We can, we can help you out. And she said, well, you're in your ties. And, and, and our son and his companion just rolled up their sleeves and started to help uh, load boxes. And then all of a sudden they were gone. My son and his companion were gone. And the woman thought to herself, well, I guess, you know, that's it. Well, our son and his companion said, well, the young men and young women are having activity over at the chapel. Let's race over there and see if we can get some of the young men over. And so they had gone over to the chapel, told the young men's leader, and they, sure. And so all of a sudden, within five minutes, <laughs> there's about 20 young men, you know, pre-stage young men who are there, and they're all excited, and they're loading this truck up. And the two parents, the, the mother and father of this woman, who are these people? And everybody's excited and having a great time moving. And the woman says, now, what church do you belong to? And, and where do they meet? And what time do they meet? And this was an unplanned service opportunity that two missionaries just saw the opportunity, took it, and took it to the next step, thinking we can't do it all, but there's young men who are willing to do it. And it was just the perfect storm for, uh, for an opportunity to, to be of service. The Lord will present those opportunities. It's just amazing. I was asked to go do a baptismal interview once. And as I talked to the lady about how she was found, 
missionaries were up tracting on her street, having no success, and they saw her building a rock wall. She was in her 50s and obviously overwhelmed by the task. They bagged tracting and helped her build her rock wall for the whole day. And the whole time they talked about the gospel as they built the rock wall. And a couple months later, here I was doing a baptismal interview, you know. You, you might think, well, you wasted time. You could have knocked 40 more doors. But they had a person who they could see and the Spirit prompted them to stay and work. And conversation happened and, and the rest is history. So I, I think we're, we're seeing this principle that there's just opportunities all around us as we as we're responsive to promptings of the spirit as we have natural and normal conversations with people as we pray for opportunities the lord will will place people in our path and also recognize that just because something in your mind thinks that this was a failure it doesn't necessarily mean it is uh someone would go to a home expecting to teach a lesson and they're not home, and on the door is a bag with the Book of Mormon, you know, we're not interested anymore, and the missionaries are dejected because they were excited. But they look around, and, uh, and there's a light on across the street, and they knock on that door, end up teaching that family, and they join the church. <laughs> so just because they're what appears to be a disappointment and a a failure, don't take that look. Always be looking, finding, being in that mode. And even the person that told you we're not interested anymore, two years from now, they just have this stack of oh, these right. pass along cards. <laughs> yes. and, and now they are. Like, oh, I remember those boys or I remember those, those girls that talked to me or that member at work that talked to me. And after six or seven touches, eventually somebody's in a, in a place and I just remember talking to people about, so how did you find the church? And they would tell the story of seven different touches. And, and I realized none of those other people even realized this person is getting baptized. But their efforts to share and open up their mouth put them one step closer to being able to have the restored gospel. Yeah, one of the principles in Preach My Gospel is this idea that no effort is wasted. And you've highlighted what you might call the principle of seven, that, that on average it takes seven good touches with missionaries or members, uh, seeing something, right, on TV about the church that, that help them prepare their hearts to receive the gospel. And you never know if that person's a one or a two or a six or a seven. You're just trying to help people have experiences that help bring them to the Savior in their own time and in their own way. You gave them a chance to exercise their agency. If we don't share the gospel with them, we're robbing them of their agency. We're using their agency for them. That John guy over there, he would never, he looks rough. He looks tough. There's no way he would ever accept it. I'm not going to talk to him. Well, I just used his agency for him. I didn't give him the chance. And maybe he would say, no way, get out of my face. But he got to choose to do that rather than me robbing him of that chance. Here's an example of that. Uh, Elder Gifford uh, Nelson, his son, while serving a mission, uh, was helping a man quit smoking. And uh, in an effort to do that, they, they, the man offered the missionaries his lighter and so the missionaries took the lighter, put it in their pocket. If he doesn't have a lighter, maybe he can't smoke, right? Uh, and, 
and he was going to throw the lighter away later that day. Well, he's walking down the street with his companion, and he sees a man who's trying to light his cigarette with his lighter, and it's it's flickering, but it but it won't light. And then he realized, oh, I have a lighter in my pocket. <laughs> so he approached the man. He pulls out his lighter, and he says, can, can I give you a light? <laughs> and, uh, and the man was grateful for that, right? And it led to a conversation about who are you and why are you here? And, and, uh, and, and this man eventually joins the church. Of course, they had to help him quit smoking, right? <laughs> but uh, uh, I just Even love that. a different that. light later. Yeah, the, yeah. Mes- <laughs> the message is not go get a lighter and go give <laughs> right. people lights. It's the message is, yes, they saw the opportunity to be of service, and that, that worked. Missionaries need to get comfortable talking to people who look differently from them, right? Get comfortable talking about someone's tattoos. Often behind a tattoo, there's a story Right, I notice these names on your arm. Who who are these people? Well, uh, I actually lost my child. Right, and boy, is there something there that a missionary can work with as they talk about family and the importance of family? That that's our message, right? And so, uh, one of the worries that missionaries have is if I open my mouth, I won't know what to say, and and so. Missionaries are invited to open their mouths, and then their mouths will be filled, not when your mouth is full, then open it. And so I think missionaries that are, that are brave and courageous, that put themselves in these situations that you've described, will discover that God will fill their mouths. That's the promise. He'll help you know what to say uh, and how to connect with people in a, in, a, in a good way. I see missionaries a lot like, somebody, like Peter in the boat out on the stormy sea. And Jesus says, come. And Peter has to have this moment where he's willing to step out of the boat, to step out of his comfort zone and follow the Savior's invitation, right? And, and so for Peter to do that, he had to trust in Christ. He had to have faith that Jesus said, come. I can get out of this boat and do it. He never would have walked on water if he would have stayed in the boat. Um, a lot of, you, you never would have, had that help that person to come into Christ. If you wouldn't have got out of the comfort zone, went out of your way and opened up your mouth and, and spoke to them. And you may stumble along the way and Christ will help you back up just like with Peter. But I think it's, it's an act of faith to be willing to open your mouth, to pray for opportunities and to embrace them when they come. Help me understand the relationship between finding and teaching. There is a principle of teach when you find and find when you teach. So what's that relationship? I, I would start with the first half of that, teach when you find. Now, as a missionary, I don't want to spend all my time talking about the man's tattoo. I don't want to spend all my time talking about why this family moved there. We do have a purpose, and our purpose is to help people understand and and build faith in Jesus Christ. And so the the idea of teach when you find is looking for opportunities to teach the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, If we don't help them feel the Spirit, if we don't help them have a spiritual experience, setting a return appointment typically ends up, most people are just nice, frankly, you know, sure, you can come by. Here's my address. Come by at this time. And the missionaries discover that the person's not there. And so sometimes missionaries are too content to get a return appointment or too content to just give a pass-along card. When in reality, in the moment, teach. 
You might have one minute. You might have two minutes. Give the Spirit an opportunity to bear witness. Teach a principle, and it's not teach 30-minute lesson. <laughs> it's teach in the moment that allows the Spirit to reach the heart. And then the second half of that, find when you teach. What does that look like? How do we, what do we add to that principle? Yeah, I think uh, I, was, I learned from Elder Pearson, who's the Utah area president right now, and his wife, they came and did a mission tour, and they said in their mission, they had the never, never, never principle. And naturally, the missionary is like, what's the never, never, never principle? And it's like, never, never, never leave talking to somebody without asking for a referral. Even somebody that just rejected you on the street, never, never, never walk away. So you're, you're finding while you, you're teaching when you're finding, and then you, you turn to that person and, and you can ask them, do you know somebody that just moved into this neighborhood? Or do you know somebody who's going through a hard time who might appreciate a message about Jesus Christ? And many times they'll say, no, I, I don't know anybody, you know, go on your way. But if you're doing that constantly with members, with new converts, people that you meet on the street, people that accept you, people that reject you, that networking mindset, you'll be amazed. Missionaries that do that always have way more people to teach than those that don't. And it's the phrase, who else do you know? Who else do you know? So you're not interested. Who else do you know who might be interested? I like to tell return missionaries that the same principle applies to them. You know, when they're calling up, Sally, would you like to go out on a date? (laughs) Sally, Sally says, I'm not interested. Well, Sally, who else do you know that would like <laughs> that to would go love out? to date someone like me? Right. So, two of our missionaries were uh, walking down the street. Uh, again, there's a woman in her yard. I mean, if you if you don't want the missionaries, don't work in your yard, right? And, and uh, uh, they they began to approach her, and they didn't even get a chance to step on her property. She saw them coming. She knew who they were, and she goes, "I am not interested." I mean, she made it very clear, this mean-spirited woman, do not even come close to me. Uh, and, and the missionary had the gall to ask the question in Preach My Gospel, page 163. Well, who do you know who would be interested in and benefit from this message? And this woman, in her mean way, points to her neighbor and says, those people need Jesus. Go talk to them, right? <laughs> and obviously there was a rift between her and her neighbors, and she was going to show them by sicking the missionaries on them. And what did the missionaries find as they went? Thank you so much, right? Now, they didn't ask her, now who else do you know? <laughs> One was enough with the situation. Uh, but what they found with their neighbors was a very warm, friendly, kind family that invited them into their home. And so you can turn a, a rejection experience, a negative experience, really into a positive. One of the things the missionaries can, can learn to do is to say, you know, if someone's not interested, you know, I understand you're not interested, and, and we have to go to, I just lets them know you're not going to try to preach to them for 30 minutes. But, but is there anybody you know that would benefit from a message about Jesus Christ or that would benefit from learning about how families can be together forever or that might uh, need to find greater happiness in their life. And what you're doing is you're planting a seed. As the missionaries walk away, that person might be thinking, well, no, I don't know anybody because he's not interested in connecting people to missionaries. But, well, I got to just hear a little bit of what they're about. They connect people to Christ. They talk about families. They try to help people have greater happiness. Well, well, maybe a person (coughs) might walk away and say, no, I wasn't interested, but... 
I, I kind of am interested. Or a person might say, you know, I, I guess I could have given them a little time and who's to say they won't the next time. And so you plant these seeds and you just try to help people feel, feel loved as you teach when you find and as you find when you teach. Related to that principle is to me is to um, ask, is to gather everybody in the house. So I might be teaching two people, but there's all these people in back rooms that are there and just simply saying, hey, before we start this lesson today, is there anyone else in this house that would love to come, do you think would, would benefit from coming here? Oh, yeah, I got my brother in the back. I'll go ask him. Or, yeah, my mom's here. Um, sometimes just ask, just think of the gathering the house principle. There's a lot of people that have multiple families, especially in third world countries, living in one house. And just by asking that question, it's a way to 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 find as you're as you you're can teaching. really double your your yeah. teaching pool I, I love page 163 as those you teach experience the blessings of the gospel their desire to share it will increase they'll make new friends while learning the gospel uh, and so don't just ask the first time after the first lesson so is there anybody else here that we could teach but continue to ask the question who, who else lives in this home? who else is connected to you that you could invite and as their faith grows their desire to include others grow. I would tell missionaries to walk into a home, and and often in a home there are pictures of, of family members. Hey, tell me, so who's in this picture? And I'm getting to know who are these other people connected, right? Oh, this is your grandma. Yeah, she actually lives here with us. Oh, would you mind if we meet grandma? I don't know. Well, we'd love to meet grandma. Because what we don't want, now grandma may not be interested in hearing the message, but I need to build a relationship with grandma so that when I leave, she doesn't bash me. Oh, you're listening <laughs> to these guys. You know how, how terrible. No, I need grandma to know that we're nice, we're kind, we're loving. So maybe I don't get to teach grandma, but grandma has a good taste in her mouth about the missionaries. As I leave the home, hey, do you mind if I say goodbye to grandma? Because I want to build that relationship. And who's to say grandma won't become interested? So, John, you mentioned earlier about how does finding relate to teaching? And I, I have in front of me this graphic, and I'm going to try to paint this picture for everybody. But we talk in missionary work a lot about a teaching pool. These are a, a pool of people that, that we're teaching lessons to. And the goal is, is to get that teaching pool as large as you possibly can. So you have multiple people that you're working with. But in order to feed that pool, you need to have finding streams that kind of picture a lake in the middle and then a stream coming out of the mountain feeding that, that pool. And what I found is if, if some, some missionaries only had one finding stream, there was only one way to do finding, maybe it was tracting. And what would happen if, if that finding stream dried up? What would happen to the teaching pool? Nothing's there. And so what do they do? They just keep tracting, 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 and that's all they do all day long. One finding stream, my teaching pool's not increasing. So we had these sister missionaries who drew a picture of a, a pool in the middle of the, the chalkboard. And then coming out of that pool are these multiple finding streams. Some examples we've, we've talked about already, opening your mouth everywhere you go, the never, never, never principle, the gather the house principle, the find when you uh, teach principle. Uh, there's community events. There's church activities. There's... Um, knocking doors, there's service, there's working with former uh, friends that used to be taught by missionaries that you found in the area book. And as you're just kind of mining all of these different 
streams and you have active people coming in from all of the streams, that's when the teaching pool starts to, to grow. Of course, the, the biggest stream should be working with members. When you focus on just one aspect, you limit yourself and you limit the opportunities that are presented to you. When you're focused on multiple streams, uh, you have the ability that when one is flush with activity and the other one dries up, you're pulling that in. When the other one presents opportunity, then that's where your pool starts to, to grow. My brother-in-law talks about the lake of inactivity. When you go to those who are less active and find their friends, and you not only bring the less active back to the church, but you're also bringing their friends yeah. into the church. The other gong compared it to having multiple lines in the water if you're fishing, right? Uh, and th this idea of, you know, there are many ways to find people to teach. This is where missionaries can really be creative and use a lot of different methods, a lot of different approaches. Uh, and, and, and we would hope that any, any way to find people to teach that's honorable, God will honor it. Well, it might be appropriate to bring up now about the use of technology mm -hmm. in finding. Uh, now missionaries have the opportunity to leverage the power of technology in their finding efforts. And the same principles apply, normal and natural. You're not going to be stalking anyone. And, and what missionaries are doing now is sharing a quick message, posting, taking a simple five seconds to ask uh, a, a question or to make a statement. Uh, I've, I've seen online simple things like this was posted by a missionary. Hey, friends, I hope you all have a great day at work. God bless you, your families, and all you love with good health and happiness, with a heart and a smiley face. And that's all that was posted. And then as people like it, the missionary then can come back and say, thank you for liking my post. What was it that you liked about it? Or engage in a, in a conversation. Those are simple ways. They don't have to spend a lot of time. And I think in missions, they're spending maybe 30 minutes a day posting and then following whoever likes their posts and having that effort as another stream into their pool. And they're finding success doing this. Our missionaries used to ask people, do you have a, a Facebook account when they were talking to someone on the street? And they say, yeah, I do. I say, hey, we sometimes share inspirational messages. Would you mind if we got your Facebook name and, and we could send you some messages? Yeah, sure. That, you know, and then all of a sudden you have a name and you can start direct messaging them videos or other things like that. And, and on Facebook Messenger, there's like a green dot next to somebody who is on at that time. You can just direct message those green dots. That's like tracting when you know 100% of the people are home and, and you can just start sharing inspirational things with them. This is what I think is great. Here are some simple posts that generate likes and comments. This is what missionaries have posted. If you could ask God one thing, dot, 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 what would you ask? And as people see that, they, they comment. And then that allows the missionaries to go back and forth in a conversation. Here's another one. Fill in the blank. I need prayers for blank. Two seconds to write that up. Maybe a little picture behind it. What is your favorite Bible verse? 
comment below. And so that's another finding stream that you will generate people that you can uh, have a conversation with. Missionaries can also uh, join groups in their area. Um, For example, perhaps a missionary was a tennis player and has a love for tennis. There, there are groups within their area that are, that are coming together all around tennis. And a missionary can be a part of those groups. They share that same love. They share that same affinity. And they can interact and, and, and meet people. Um, you know, in, in certain areas, they can, they can post things like, hey, you know, in this area, top 10 things to do while you're here in this area. Well, a missionary can go into that group and say, well, don't forget to come and see the Church of Jesus Christ. <laughs> All visitors welcome, and, and and they can look to see if anybody likes that, and then reach out to them in that way. And in each area, in each area has a local marketplace, and it doesn't work in every area, but in in many areas, missionaries can post in these market areas, get a free Book of Mormon, free English class, volleyball at the church on Wednesday nights. Um, in, in San Antonio, the mission there uh, posted, get a free picture of the Savior. They went out and bought dollar frames, and they were giving away pictures of the Savior, and uh, that generated uh, opportunities to teach people. Now, in everything that the missionaries are doing, if they want to increase the army, they ought to help train members how to do this. And so any of these ideas that you've shared that the missionaries do, well, how can they network, use the network of the members that's a lot broader than the missionaries? And, and so I, I can picture missionaries helping members learn how to use their social media to find people to teach. Maybe we just share what those listening can do right now in their social media accounts to prepare for their mission. Because when you're at a door and you knock at the door, and the person opens the door, the first thing they see is a representative of Jesus Christ. And how you're dressed, how you look, how you represent yourself is going to make some impact on that person. And if you're, you know, in shorts and hair scraggly, you know, shut the door. But if you're in a nice dress or in a suit and tie, that's a different image. The same way on social media. You're going to want to remove anything from your uh, accounts that would not represent yourself well as a missionary. That's not to say take things away from you playing baseball or you liking uh, certain aspects. That's who you are. Shows your personality. But where you're having uh, pictures that perhaps are inappropriate or lean towards of being inappropriate, there's the ability on Facebook to at least keep those from being seen by by those that are yeah. uh, connected to you. Love that. Well, how about we conclude this episode, John and Brian, um, as we prepare to, to have another episode focused mostly on finding through members. Let's conclude this episode by listening to a, a video. So this is the audio of a video and in it, you will see many, many different people. These are real-life people talking about how the missionaries found them. And we hope that it will just underscore this message today that there are a variety. There are hundreds of different ways that Heavenly Father can connect with His children through 
finding of members and missionaries. So let's listen to this. Missionaries found me by knocking on my door. The missionaries found me through my wife. And I met the missionaries through Mormon.org. The missionaries found us when we went to church with Brad. The missionaries found me in church through a member. I found the church through online gaming. And the missionaries found us when my mom needed help in the snow. I called and the missionaries came out and found me. Eu conheci os missionários através da minha esposa. The missionaries found me when they knocked on my door. The missionaries found me through my friend. The missionaries in the Slim Village. Missionaries found me through a close friend. Me encontraron los misioneros a través de un miembro de la iglesia. And the sisters found me at the farm. I found the missionaries online. We found the missionaries through our mom. And I was found by the missionaries through my friend from work. I found the missionaries at church. I found the missionaries through my sister. While they were teaching my wife. I'm loving requesting a Bible. My friends invited me to meet with them. Through my wife, who just came back to church. And when I walked into church, through my sister. Through a dear friend. Through my friend Nick and Gabby. 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 my friend Nick and Gabby. Through 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 my friend Nick and on the street here in Porto. Through our little brother, Yad. Knocked on our door. In the conference in general. Not on my door. At a community farm. Afuera de mi casa. By my friend. Through a friend. Through my sister. Through our book. On Through my sister. Through churches and tourists. Through my friend. By door knocking. Outside my apartment. At the market, to my friend, to church, at home, by the bishop, tocando nuestra puerta, to my aunt, part members family, to my wife, through institute, by my girlfriend, on the street, my college campus, the subway, on the street. The missionaries found us when I ordered the Bible from Mormon.org. What are your impressions as we conclude this? This episode, and as you heard, the, that variety of testimony from these beautiful people that were found. Well, it just shows that there's no shortage of people that the Lord has prepared, and missionaries come in contact with those individuals through many different ways. I think what I leave with is the Lord is doing His work, and it's so inspiring to discover how people are found. I think a missionary would do well to each week, each night, to look back and examine their day and discover how did we find someone to teach and start learning how they're finding people in their area. To me, this is just so inspiring to see the Lord do His work. We get to be a part of it. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Preach My Gospel Mission Prep Podcast and that it helps you in your study of Preach My Gospel and preparing you for your mission. Please join us for our next episode. And if you feel this podcast might be helpful to others preparing to serve a mission, please invite them to join us on our journey through and discovery of Preach My Gospel. For more information on how to get Institute credit for this podcast and other offerings by the Utah Valley Institute of Religion, 
please visit utahvalleyinstitute.com. You may also find us on Instagram at Preach My Gospel Podcast. Feel free to send questions or comments to Preach My Gospel Podcast at gmail.com. The Preach My Gospel Mission Prep Podcast is produced with the permission of the Utah Valley Institute of Religion. The hosts are expressing their personal views based on their own experiences, applying the principles of Preach My Gospel, and accept full responsibility for the content in these podcast episodes.